Hello, this is Daniel Gregory. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, our 294th episode. I hope this finds you well. Hope you, your family, your friends, your loved ones are continuing to stay safe and vigilant, making sure that you do everything you can to keep everybody safe while we deal with COVID. Don't forget to wear your mask. Keep your distance. That would be great. I also wanted to remind everybody in the United States that if you've already voted, thank you so much for getting out and doing early voting, standing in lines or dropping off your ballot. But don't forget to vote. It's an important time of year that we all get out and get our ballots cast. So please, 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 please make sure you vote this year. Well, actually vote every year, but this year, make sure you vote. I also wanted to remind everybody about the virtual Photoshop Summit 2 that is up and about and you can register for. Again, it's my second time participating in this this year. It's a really, really kind of a cool summit that Dave Cross has put together. It's got some amazing, absolutely amazing top-notch instructors uh, that you're going to learn so many exciting things from. So great, great topics, great things to learn. I'm going to be teaching on an introduction to color management. So I'm going to cover why we need color management, how our eyes work, what some of the key terms are with color management, and then kind of what the settings are in Photoshop. We're also going to take a look at the introduction to the LAB color space, which is a really kind of fun little class. Got some great bonus materials with that class as well. You can watch the entire conference for free, so you don't even have to pay a dime. You just head on up. There's a jump link in the notes of the show to register. You can also register for a VIP pass. And if you do an early bird special on that, that's $97. That'll get you all the classes forever and all the bonus materials as well. So if you watch it for free, no charge at all. The classes run for a week and you can watch a class for up to 48 hours after it happens. So don't forget to check those out. And again, the virtual Photoshop summit, I'll have the link in the email or in the email in the show notes uh, below the podcast. So that'll be great. Hopefully you're able to join in on that. That'll be a lot of fun. I wanted to talk this week about something I find interesting in photography. I find it interesting in life. I find it's an interesting way we approach things and we talk about things. And it has to do with how much of a scene we see. So when we go out to photograph, I think one of the things that's always interesting about photography and when you read about you know, truth in photography, one of the things they always talk about is the point of the view or the photographer only represents a slice of time, but also represents a slice of the thing they're in front of. They make a decision about what to frame or not include in the frame of the photograph. And I don't want to have that philosophical discussion because it's kind of like angels on the head of a pin to me a little bit. But I wanted to talk about the idea of how we see bits and parts and do we understand how those bits and parts connect to make something bigger than what we actually have in the frame. So the classic example would be the, you know, the forest for the trees. If all you ever photographed were leaves or if all you ever photographed were branches, or if all you ever photographed was high drone footage of the forest, you miss all the elements together. You miss what are the individual parts that create the tree. And at the same time, if all you focus on are the individual parts, you don't know that you're photographing a tree. So I, I've been thinking a lot about that, that concept and that notion, because one of the things that I think is interesting is they're not mutually exclusive. And I think that one of the things when we're learning to see, when we're learning to appreciate the things we're getting to photograph, is understanding not just the social construct and, and context by which we're photographing, not just the environmental context with which they're photographing, but our awareness of how we've decided to go about presenting the thing that we're photographing. So as you come across a subject matter, whether it be a portrait, whether it be a wedding, no matter what it is, you're making decisions about what are you going to show that, that illustrates a certain response within the frame. And then you're going to make decisions about composition. You're going to make decisions about lines and shapes and forms and tones and textures and how those all interplay together to help construct a narrative or an element within the photograph that makes it interesting or pleasing or 
defines some element that you're trying to convey through story or context. However you approach that, whatever you look at, one of the things that's important is that we don't get so enamored with only being focused on those core framing elements and how those small details position themselves within the frame to create the aesthetic that we want. Because part of the understanding of what makes the photograph interesting is the environment and space in which we created it. It's our response to something beyond just the photograph. A lot of what we attempt to do is put what we sense, feel, and respond to into that photograph. And for a lot of us, that's when we know a photograph becomes successful. It may not even be the most interesting composition, but when we look at the photograph, when we feel something in the photograph, when we feel like the photograph conveys the thing that we want to say, that's when we know we've been successful. As we look at photographs and, and as we look at those bits and parts, one of the things that we've been encouraged through, I think a lot of our lives based on what we do is to fragment and segment, take things in smaller chunks, assume smaller pieces, take bite-sized pieces, don't shove the whole pizza in your mouth, you know, things like that, where part of our understanding is the wholeness by which something exists. It's by living and realizing as a photographer that in fact we do have a you know, 720 degree view, 360 degrees up and down and sideways and every angle in between of this sphere we live in that we can see and, and experience from the bottom of our feet, from the ground under our feet to the endless sky above us. All the way around that, the elements that we pull together provide a, a like I said, a wholeness. They provide a completeness to the experience. And I think one of the challenges as a photographer is do we not only recognize that we're presenting part of that, like I said, the element of what's in frame or out of frame, but also the importance of recognizing that all of that space, all of that influence, all of that wholeness of the experience is what needs to be channeled into the photograph. It's the, I'm not turning my, my back to a blind eye to something behind me. I'm recognizing that what's behind me is just as influential on me as the thing in front of my camera lens. And am I providing the respect to the space, to my own sensibility, to my own awareness to invoke and create that? Can I get a sense of understanding at a deeper level by recognizing that all of the things around me are connected? So it's not just the leading line that appears in the frame, but it's recognizing where does that leading line move when it's outside the frame? What does it connect to on the horizon line on the other side of me? If I'm working left to right and that line comes in from the left, where does it terminate? What does it touch? How does it relate to something that's not included into the frame? So yes, that slows us down. That makes us contemplate a little bit different. That makes us look a little bit different. It makes us dig a little deeper into our scene so that we can understand things a little different. And I think that's one of the pieces about this notion of pieces of the whole. They're not in fact pieces of the whole. They're, they're fragments out of there that are not taken out of context. They're not removed from the context. They're not extracted from their environment. We're choosing to frame them up in what we believe to be as a pleasing way or an interesting way or or compositing them in an interesting way, but they're still connected. They're still not isolated little fragments. It's not a leaf on a tree that we're photographing. It's a leaf on a tree and that tree has branches and those branches are on a trunk and that trunk has roots that all of that connects. And the reason I think that's so important is one of the things that I worked with people for years on, and I work with myself on this all the time because I have a lot of photographs that just don't work. They just don't click and connect. And what I recognize in those photographs and what I recognize in other people's photographs 
is that there are times when we can make what are supposed to be interesting compositions. We check off the boxes of rules of thirds, golden ratios, horizontal lines, saturated colors, desaturated colors, full tonal values. We check off the boxes of what's supposed to be a good photograph, and yet it doesn't resonate and connect. And for me, it's when those photographs are no longer representative of the whole and the part. So if we're photographing a leaf, if we're taking a photograph of a leaf, how does that leaf also be representative of the entire tree that it came on? How does it become representative of the experience of that tree in the forest? And when we start to think about that, I think we start to make more interesting photographs. So it's no longer going out and photographing a car. It's photographing how does the car relate to the driver and the road and the environment it's in and the experience the person has when they drive a car. If it's a portrait, are we in fact gathering all of what we know about that person and their experience and who they are? And we're driving that into the photograph through the relationship we build with that person when we take the photograph. If we're doing street photography, are we being aware of the impact of not just that one moment, but how the rest of the street's evolving and sounding and hearing and smelling so that we can get a sense of purpose to the photograph that makes that part bigger than what it represents? Because I think that's one of the things about photographs that become interesting is when we look at something and it becomes so much more, it becomes something else, the metaphor or the equivalent, as Miner would say, the equivalent of what that photograph could be becomes so much more. And that the awareness of that sometimes happens after the fact. Sometimes we bring back a photograph and we look at it and we're like, oh my gosh, that's a spiral galaxy or wow, that looks like something else. We pick that up after the fact and that's great. I also think it's important for us to have that awareness when we're out that these things we photograph they're all together. They're all connected together. The decision of one thing doesn't dispel or get rid of another one. It just becomes a different decision that shifts our perspective and point of view. But it doesn't mean that the thing wasn't there. The leaf in the forest, the trash on the park, the sunset, the sunrise. How does all of that together fit? And then finally, how does that fit with who you are? Because I think one of the other big challenges, we make these decisions about how photographs should look, how they should feel, how we should respond to them. And we sometimes fall in the trap of making what is the pretty photograph, what is the beautiful photograph, without any acknowledgement of what makes it beautiful because of who we are. You know, Maybe you don't have the same response sitting in front of a sunset that somebody else does. Maybe it brings them joy, brings you tears. Whatever it is, maybe it's tears of joy. Maybe as you work through that process and think about those photographs, the way you respond to them becomes significant because you're recognizing that you're a part of the photograph you're making, just like the thing is a part of the environment in which it exists. So I'm hoping that as you think about your photography, recognize that those parts, those small things you photograph, those little intricate details you photograph, remember that they're a bigger of something. They're representative of something. And can you make sure that their experience as being a part of something is included in the photograph? And I think you'll make more interesting photographs. I think you'll feel like photography becomes more interesting and your experience in the environment will become more interesting as you realize how connected every little part of that is to your ability to make that photograph because you've responded to all of those little things as a totality to focus in on the part of which you want to tell your story about. I hope you have a great week behind the camera. Don't forget to vote if you're in the United States. And if you're in another country and it's election time, please vote there too. It's very important that we all uh, exercise our rights to vote. 
Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time. Good luck with buying the camera and have a great creative week.